the objects and the relationships and stuff outside of you are, they're pretty neutral pretty much. But what it is, is how you are using that to develop the sense of knowing who you are. Brain Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Unleash Your Supernova. I am your host, Nova Lorraine, and excited to bring you another show where storytelling comes to you at its best. You're going to meet creatives that are doing what they love while changing the world. From listening, you'll be able to learn tips and hacks on how to grow not only in your business, but also in your life. We'll learn from these wonderful entrepreneurs from around the globe and how they have unleashed their superpowers and sharing their words of wisdom with you. I'm really excited to welcome my dear friend and guest, Suna Senman, and she'll be sharing with us what is the most important relationship that we should know and be paying attention to. And so let's learn a little more about Suna. Suna has a master's in clinical social work, world religions, and work-life sciences. She is certified as an eating disorders counselor and true identity mentor. She is also a quantum healing hypnotherapist. Suna has been featured as an expert on CBS and Fox and has written interviews for the Huffington Post covering Tyra Banks and New York Times bestselling author Sharon Salzberg, just to name a few. Suna is also an author of several books, one being called Peace, the second, which was her first book she released, which is called Being, and her third book, a children's book called The Dragon Adventure. Her next book is called Full, and I would love for Suna to share in her own words what that book is all about. Welcome, Suna. Well, thank you, Nova. So great to be here. Yeah, the third book, Full, is still in process. I knew from the very beginning uh, when I started this three series of being, peace, and full that they would all be coming out in the right timing. And being is a process. Peace is about discovering life's harmony through relationships. And full is about food, sex, and creativity. Ooh. <laughs> that sounds like, what is the name of that book? Eat, Love, Eat, love Live. Pray. What, what is what is the name of that book? Eat, Love, Pray, you mean? Yeah, Eat, Love, Pray, yeah. And yeah. I was like, that sounds, that's what that reminds me of. But just from the title, yes, <laughs> it yes. sounds more exciting. When will that book come out? I don't know. It is like, I'm very intuitive. I'm very like listening to, uh, to get timing right. So I'm not sure. I, um, it, it actually is like a development from being is really about recognizing yourself, really mm-hmm. seeing yourself and knowing reality through your own experience. It's really getting, starting to get in touch with yourself. And then peace is really about the relationships that you want to make. And it does relate to yourself, but it relates to others as well. And mm. full is more, it's broader. It just gets broader from the, from, you know, the individual to the, to the relationships around you to the, to the broader sense. So I originally wanted uh, a lot of collaborations with that, with other people yet, 
the collaborations that came in happened to be from Ascended Masters. Oh, ooh, okay. So we definitely are going to have to bring you back when you're when you're uh, ready to discuss the book after it's released, because I am intrigued. <laughs> I'm so intrigued, and I I really am excited about talking about relationships with you because we as entrepreneurs and creatives may not consider how important our relationships are in terms of our creativity, our productivity, and just being the best versions of ourselves. And so I would love to get that insight from you and, and for our listeners to hear what we should be paying attention to. That isn't your everyday sort of tip that we could get, right? And so I definitely want to delve into that, but I'm just going to review the format of the show for those of us that are joining us for the first time on Unleash Your Supernova. We are going to, of course, dive into some storytelling and learn more about how you've unleashed your superpowers. And then we're going to discuss the topic of the day, relationships, and the most important relationship. And then I'm going to give the microphone to you where you could ask me whatever question you like. And then we're going to wrap up with some fun questions from our listeners. So you ready to go? Ready to go. All right. So in the book, I really emphasize as I open up this, the chapter, chapter one, with the importance of why. Why are you doing what you are doing? And to really reflect on that, to make sure that you are on the right path in whatever you're choosing to do. And of course, the book is about the journey of the creative entrepreneur, but it really mirrors our journey in life as well. So I'm going to start by asking you, Suna, what is your why? If you've done so much, you have several masters, you've written several books, you've interviewed celebrities, best-selling authors, you do therapy and you counsel and coach. What is the why? Like, how do you keep going? How do you do what you do? How do you accomplish all of these different things? And is there a goal and purpose behind it that pushes you through well, as you're asking me this question, what's really firing up is my heart. It's just, I just feel it like glowing, like E.T.'s little finger. And <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's because I, I've always really loved human beings, humanity, people. And I've seen and experienced myself a lot of pain and suffering, and I just really have this feeling of I actually actually I remember being a teen and saying look I'm going to get through this pain so that I can be sure that nobody else has to go through it or I can help other people through it and my vision of what our baseline is as human beings and I don't believe the vision just comes from me I believe it really comes from source is that we are joyful interrelating beings that just create greater joy and greater beauty and suffering is really not meant to be a part of our experience other than being almost like the little warning signal like the GPS says oops turn around wrong turn that's all that is meant to be so my vision has been and developed even more so uh, as I matured and worked as a 
clinical psychotherapist for several years, is that we should be at a baseline of peace and just building upon that. Okay, so let me jump in there because I want to go back to the what stood out to me as the why, which is as a teen, you experienced a lot of pain and you wanted to take your knowledge and or your experiences to help others not experience that same pain, right? Is that what you're saying? And you know, that's, that's really interesting because I remember as a freshman in grad school, as I was pursuing my PhD in clinical psychology, I remember go, we were gathered in a room and all of us had to ask why we were there, why we chose to get our doctorate in clinical psychology. And everyone shared a story, but it all reflected back to a moment in their lives that was very distressful or painful. And they wanted to help others because they could empathize with that. And they didn't want others to go through that. And so that very much resonated with me. You know, I've always been a person that wanted to be of service to other people and help other people. But even with writing the book, Unleash Your Supernova, I wanted to share my stories my failures as well as my successes so others could shorten their length of time in terms in terms of how quickly they could reach success and i felt that if i could share my stories even the painful ones or the embarrassing ones <laughs> and someone can learn from that then that was what made those experiences worth it for me so i love i love your why and i do feel that we need a why that's bigger than us in order to allow us to get over these bumps in the road or these walls that sometimes come out of nowhere as we are pursuing our dreams. So I love that. So my other question that I'm super curious about, and this was something that really impacted me on my journey, was a simple a simple sentence, a, a some advice that someone had given me that was so powerful that I share in the book and I continue to share with others, especially young teens. And I would love to hear from you what that singular piece of advice was that someone gave to you that impacted you in a great way early on in your life. So you're asking me for a singular piece of advice? Yep, that someone shared with you. Okay, yeah. So the first thing that comes to my mind is when I was like 18 years old, it was the mother of a, a, a boyfriend that I had then that I became very, very close to and kept that closeness throughout our lives. She was like in her later 40s, and she said, don't ever hold yourself to a promise that you made earlier in life. Mm. Because we're always new, you know, and, and she didn't, that's all she said. That's all she said is don't hold yourself to a promise that you made earlier in life. Wow. I've never heard that. That's really profound and simple. <laughs> Just like I'm sitting here thinking, "Ooh, what can I use? <laughs> what can I apply that to?" I I love that. I love that. So, that you were just a teenager when she shared that with you. How did you how did that affect you at that moment in time or was that something that you drew on years later that had a huge impact on you? I think at the time, of course, that's not what I wanted to hear because I was like, "I know what I want out of life," right? And then I'll give you a very, very cute little example because then my daughter did the same thing. You know, she was like 15 and she said, Mom, 
don't count on getting grandchildren from me because I'm just not going to have them. <laughs> I thought, all right, she's 15 years old. That's okay for her to think that way right now. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I just let it be. And then when I saw myself at 18, I think that what why she brought this up was something that I had said something about, I'm, I'm never going to be in a long-term committed relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's because what I had seen in my parents that I felt they made living hell for one another and I mm-hmm. begged them to divorce each other. But they were like, nope, we made a promise till death do we part. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, no way in hell am I going to do that. So oh. I, I actually told her that I think what it came out of was she said, because we were really close. I mean, her son and I, and she said, what, you know, what is your, what is your thoughts of marriage or something like that? Something to that extent. And I said, well, I can go for a two year commitment with an option to renew, to renew, but that's it. That's it. <laughs> Could you imagine if all marriages were like that or partnerships? <laughs> You know what? There are marriages like that. My daughter was telling me about uh, some of her friends. They do these legal contracts that go, they're a year contract. And in it, it says what they're expecting from each other and, and, you know, how they're going to separate what, you know, how are they going to divide their properties, their children and everything? Should they decide not to continue after the year? but they may wow. continue after the year. And she has a friend, I think, that has been in it for seven or eight years right now. That is so interesting. Well, I guess, you know, it's obviously a different way of, of doing a relationship and being in a relationship. But one of the things that comes to me as you are sharing that is it sort of forces you to be in the present and to work on what, or pay attention to at least, what may not be working as opposed to just letting it go and hoping in three years, four years, five years, 10 years, it'll work itself out because sometimes it just never does. And so that's a really interesting perspective. Uh, The advice that I was given early on, it was my first year out of college and I took a year off between undergrad and grad school and I was working and it was an accountant that would come to our office every couple of weeks and and she was just so kind and befriended me and when I had shared with her my recent thoughts of wanting to do fashion design and this is before I had gotten into grad school for clinical psychology and I was a little scared to share that with her because it was so far from you know this path I had had created for myself where I'm going off and I'm going to study, you know, medicine. I'm going to help children. It's going to be through psychology and I'm doing this job for a year and then I'm going to go to grad school. It was like everything was planned out. And then I started getting these doubts and started thinking about fashion and I shared that with her. And then she in turn introduced me to a good friend of hers who who was a designer in New York. And that sort of kicked off this journey of fashion for me. It wasn't an immediate straight path, but it absolutely kicked off the journey. And she said to me that day, she was really happy I shared that with her, and to always tell people what you want to do, what you really want to accomplish, and you would be surprised how many people will rally around you to support you. And she was one of the first that helped me along that journey. And from then on, I would say my name and whatever it was, whatever goal or 
you know, that I wanted to accomplish at that moment in time, I would share it. Hi, I'm Nova Lorraine and I want to be a fashion designer. Hi, I'm Nova Lorraine and I want to write a book. (laughs) You know, whatever it was, I would include that in, you know, my introduction or the initial conversation with people because you just never know. You never know who knows who or what they know that can help you get to that next step. So I love that advice that your boyfriend's mom had shared with you at that young age. I think that's really powerful to not hold on to promises that we made when we were younger, you know, throughout the rest of our life, because it may not apply, it may not be relevant. So I love that. Right, because then I did get into a 25 year marriage. So that, and so, but it's interesting. And, And also the advice you've been given, that's what I always do anyway. It's kind of like, anything you know i would say like you know i really I, I really wish that somebody would help me in the garden and then someone says oh yeah i live in an apartment i'd love to do some gardening can i come to you i blab it out all over the place all the time and it really does work you know oh yes <laughs> i know it's worked for me and it's so simple you know we're you know a lot of times we're really shy with yeah. the big dreams that we have and sometimes we may be embarrassed to share them or whatever the reasons are but I think if we're used to getting it out there and you know you and I know that there's power in words right there's there's more than most people know and even writing it down and speaking it out loud is so powerful but then if you share it with someone and they hear it now they're conspiring with you you know for that goal yeah. And so it's it's an incredible process to see unfold when we do put those words of wisdom to use. And so I'm just going to, before we get into the, the main topic of relationships, I want to ask one more question that, you know, I feel however you handle this has helped you unleash your supernova. And when was there a moment in time where you left the known for uncertainty? And I shared a little bit about my story with leaving grad school for a career in fashion design, you know, in my book, actually, I share a lot about it in the book, but I want to know, is there a moment in time where you had to make a hard decision when you were on in this very laid out path, predictable path, and you chose to leave that for uncertainty and how that's helped you grow from that point? This is when I left the marriage that I was in because I had it all. I had the big house. I had the prestigious this and that. I had the two kids. I had the dog. I had the, you know, I had, I had what people watched the Kardashians and these other things for in my own, in my own way. But what I did not have was the freedom to be myself. Mm. And I kept thinking of Tina Turner when she left Ike Turner she said, take it all. All I want is my name. Mm. And, and it was, it was, it was a tough thing, but it was really one of those gut things. If I don't have myself, I have nothing. It was like, okay, take the house, take the children, take all the money, take it all. I just need myself. Mm. And, And we do tend to be driven by the society to live these roles, to live these impressions. I mean, even just watching these shows with people that we're, we, we think we want to live like them. We think we want to be a, a big star. We think we want to, it's like, it's so 
disassociative. Now I'm talking psychopathy and psycho, you know, psycho mental illness, disassociation, where you are separated from yourself to try to be something else. And it starts early on in school. Kids come in with their own interests. And it's like, nope, you got to learn this subject right now. You got to sit in this little box here. And instead of running around, which is your nature, and you've got to learn these letters, these numbers, these, this thing, this thing, instead of what I would love to see is no teachers, but learning facilitators. Find out what the kids are interested, what each person's interested, and then help facilitate that learning. And one reason I say this too is because I work with severely mentally ill people, super depressed, suicidal. Eating disorders is the most fatal disease, and I call it an, a thinking disorder because mm-hmm. it's just it's 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 crazy. And how I didn't work like focused on the diagnosis. I always worked on focusing what is your joy because people are so disassociated from themselves. They don't, they're not connected into the true me, the real, real me. Mm. Wow. That sounds like that was an extremely difficult decision. And especially since you quote unquote had it all according to our culture standards. And, but if you, like you said, if you don't have yourself, if you aren't being you, however you is defined, then what do you really have, you know? And so that is a a really powerful story. And thank you for sharing that. I think it's a great segue into what you want to share with us today as it relates to relationships and what is the most important relationship and how you want to address that to our listeners. So Suna, (laughs) what do you want us to know as it relates to the relationship that we should be paying attention to? Okay. Yeah, it is. It is the right segue right into it because I do use this metaphor of, you know, using a GPS to get where you, where you want to go to. And you put in your, you put in your goal, right? You put in where you want to get to, but are we really accurate with where we are now? So if Mm. you put in your goal that you want to get to Boston and you put down that you're in New York, but really you're in New Orleans, you're not going to get to Boston. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So you have to know who you are because If you're in any relationship with anything or anyone and you don't know who you are, you're not in a true relationship. Oh, interesting. Huh. Okay. That (laughs) I'm just like thinking, I'm going through like all the memories. So if I'm a, if I am, let's say 23 Mm -hmm. and I am in a relationship and I think I know who I am. What would I be asking myself or looking for to get to that, the true answer so I could then make whatever changes I need to make and or add in activities or experiences that will allow me to better know myself so I can be in this fruitful relationship or that I might think is fruitful, but maybe it's just smoking mirrors. 
What would I ask myself? What would I look for? It's kind of like a chicken and the egg thing. Okay. Because relationships outside of us help reflect who we are. And mm-hmm. and that's a lot of what I deal with in the first book being. So many people say, "Oh, I need to find who I I have to find the truth out there. Let me try this religion. Let me try this self-help program. Let me try that." And and the thing is that none of it is bad. It's just you have to be in touch with yourself through it. So you have to really listen into your 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 inner self that says, "Hmm, this this feels like a flow, like peace, like or this feels something's disharmonious here." And it doesn't mean that what's disharmonious is that particular program or that particular belief system, but it could be how you are interpreting and using that particular program or belief system. So the objects and the relationships and stuff outside of you are they're pretty neutral pretty much, but what it is is how you are using that to develop the sense of knowing who you are. This the relationship with yourself. And it's a simple thing as like You know how many times you feel like, oh, my bladder's full and I have to go to the bathroom, but I'm not going to do that now. I'm going to something else is important, you know, this phone call or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And it's not listening to yourself. Got it. And that's just a simple little thing. But it's it's like when you, you know, when you dating, for example, and you and you really like this about this person or like that about this person, but then they like they cut you off and that feels really uncomfortable. but you think oh but they look so good and they've got this and they that you know it's okay but no it's not okay when you mm-hmm. feel uncomfortable you feel uncomfortable recognize that right okay interesting mm-hmm. so when again i'm using that age because a lot of individuals are getting more serious in there yeah we're going to where you live right but you know you're at least dating or starting to date maybe you're coming out of college in a serious relationship and you get into it for whatever reason oh this person fits these checks on this list that i have or they're super attractive or i've always wanted to date an athlete or whatever these things are that ignite that initial decision to be with that person so now you're in it and you're saying that to recognize those moments when you feel uncomfortable because that's a simple thing to do right you may not know what question to ask or whatever if you're not in touch with yourself how do you know what to listen to or not but if you pay attention to your emotions and you are okay this feels good or it doesn't feel good right at the very least you can discern those between those two and not to ignore those moments when it doesn't feel good right and the same thing as what your advice was given to you speak out what you really want it's very important to do that in relationships too now you're not responsible for how the other person responds but you are responsible for communicating your your needs your your experience and mm-hmm. then, and then you judge by that you know if a person says oh my gosh i'm really sorry Will you please call me out on it next time I do this? And then you work with it. That's a beautiful growth relationship. Mm. But then there are those that say, "Oh, I'm sorry, you know, I 
I didn't mean to do that and I won't do it again. And then next conversation, it happens again and they deny or whatever, you know, you, you have to work with what you experience is real mm -hmm. and never deny that. And if somebody says, oh, you're crazy, you shouldn't be upset. I'm not cutting you off, whatever. Or you have to understand me. I, I, I need to ask lots of questions. So that's why I cut you, whatever it is. And you can say, okay, I, I get that that's how you are. Am I comfortable with that or not? I don't mm. have to give up what is jiving right for me just because it's what you think you need. I might not be the right person for you then. Right. Right. So to not devalue your feelings or emotions, they are what they are. Yeah. And to share that with your significant other and based on how they respond, you're either in a growth relationship or you may not be in a relationship that's right for you or them. And there's no judgment in terms of them being a bad person or you being a bad person. But if those feelings of negativity, however they show up, if it's either uncomfortableness or shame or embarrassment or guilt or whatever, to address those and then based on how your partner wants to work with you is a good guide if you are in a fruitful relationship or not. Am I understanding that? Yeah. And the other thing I want to say is love never dies, but relationships mm. change. So love never dies, but relationships change. Right. Okay. Uh huh. So, so the love is always, always there. Mm. Love is a permanent, infinite, non-restricted mm. thing. Love is the source of all life. You know, it is. So love is always there, but we have gotten really distorted ideas of love. Like, oh, love means you're always loyal or love means you always say nice things or love means, but no, love is a love. But how we work our relationships has to be based on reality, on what is real. Otherwise, it's two Barbie dolls playing with each other. You know, it's it's cold. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. It's, it's not a very hard. visual example. <laughs> so it's it's we have to recognize ourselves. If we can't love and respect and honor ourselves, we can't love and respect and honor anybody else. So, so true. So in that love and that primary relationship, this is what it is, the most important relationship, your relationship with yourself, where you don't shut yourself down, you don't put yourself up above anybody or below anybody, but you just honor yourself and work from there honestly. Mm. Then you can create real honest relationships that are fluid and changing and but you always solidly have that one person that's always going to follow with you all through life and beyond this life into the next life and the multiple lives thereby which is yourself yeah no that's it's so interesting because it's i would i would say from just my experience and and those individuals that i've met throughout my lifetime i think we as incredible beings that we are or accomplished individuals, professionals that truly want to make an impact. I think 
one of the common denominators is that we do put others before ourselves and it's a conscious and intentional thing to remember that you have to just like the example they give you on the airplane you know put the mask on if the airplane's going down so you can then help others around you and it's it's realizing that by understanding the relationship with self is that mask of oxygen that you're giving yourself so you can see more clearly you can be more alert have more energy and look around and truly make an impact with those around you and for those of you that are in the creative arts that are listening and in the space of entrepreneurship you are giving of yourself you are providing producing creating selling doing service whatever you are for others and that takes a lot out of the personal well of energy and and your personal well of love and so if you're not constantly replenishing your well with that self love and that attention and that valuation like seeing how valuable you are and your how emo- how valuable your emotions are and perspectives are that could spiral into a lot of negative emotions and mental health disorders really ultimately yeah and so i think it is so important for so many reasons not just our day-to-day experiences but then all the wonderful things we want to accomplish in life and but it all starts with self so yeah yeah the thing is you should always do everything with joy and when yeah. you realize you're not having joy anymore just step back take a yeah. pause maybe mm-hmm. connect into to nature and just return with joy because we we have been blinded by what's most important is the energetic frequency of stuff i have been in restaurants fine restaurants and i could not eat the food because i felt there was fighting in the kitchen mm wow energy and and this is what expands through the world this is the world we have based on the energy i just explained this to somebody else the other day about getting that we have had a culture of sacrifice yourself for others this has been like a very kind of roman catholic christian you know constant sacrifice yourself for others that's love mothers should sacrifice herself for their children sacrifice we have developed a humanity of sacrificed beings if everybody is sacrificing yourself humanity is a sacrificed collective. That's why we need to care for ourselves first. And in caring for ourselves first, loving ourselves, we are creating a humanity of beloved people. And how do beloved people interact differently than sacrificed fearful people? And that's the mic drop folks. <laughs> well, I want to before we run out of time, I want to quickly give you the mic so you can ask me a question and then we'll wrap up with a fun question from our listeners. So I'm going to now hand you the mic and you're going to play house for a couple minutes. Okay. What's one of the biggest questions on your mind that you're looking for answers for right now? Ooh. Okay, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> one of the biggest questions on my mind. 
Oh, oh, oh. Okay. I would say I started my fashion career at a young age without a lot of knowledge or mentors. And, and I was very grateful. I am very grateful for all that I accomplished, but I also definitely met a point of burnout and had to be re-inspired. And so I moved away from New York and went by the ocean from Jamaica. So (laughs) water, like I very much am attuned to water and the ocean. And that was my source of re-inspiration. However, I never fully returned back to my love of designing. I have spent many years helping other designers and expressing my creativity in other ways, such as through rain and other art forms like acting and uh, writing, but not necessarily fashion, full-blown. And so a recent question that's been on my mind is, and because this theme has been coming up over and over again in terms of returning back to couture, which is the art of fashion in my mind and my, my love within the fashion space, because it incorporates storytelling and history and craftsmanship and love. (laughs) And so when do I make that pivot back? If, or do I make that pivot back? So that's, that's a question that's been on my mind and, and yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm slowly sort of being tugged in that direction, but in what capacity that I still don't know. So how much joy does that fashion experience give you perhaps compared to other things you're finding joy in? That's a good question because I feel when I first started designing, I was headfirst in the business side of things. And I had a goal. I had this vision of what I wanted this company to look like. And I knew how much I needed to raise for that to happen. And I sort of was doing it like the playbook of what you're taught to do to launch a successful business. So I never really delved as much into the artistry side of couture. I was designing, I was selling, I was doing fashion shows, but I I didn't spend the majority of my time in the hands-on development of the product. And I think that's what I... I can't say I love the most because I do really like all the other aspects of the business, but it definitely brings me a lot of joy, maybe the most joy out of the entire process. And so that's what I, that's what I'm thinking about now is do I return back to the artistry side of things, do more of that because I tend to gravitate towards like this problem solving and strategy and storytelling. And, but I would say like the hands on development draping the research that goes into creating these pieces, it brings me a tremendous amount of joy. So my third question to you is if your daughter or one of your daughters was in the same situation you are in now, what would you want her to do? Oh, wow. Now you're pulling out my heartstrings, the mommy mm-hmm. <laughs> question putting me in that, in that um, position, thinking through those lenses. What would I want her to do? I would probably tell her to not think so far out, 
but literally just take a piece of fabric, put it on the dress form and start draping without any lofty goals of where that, what that's going to turn into or where to go from there. But if the hands-on part of it really brings you a lot of joy, maybe you need to bring that joy into your life because you keep thinking about it. And just to start with the smallest step, which is doing that small thing, like touching the fabric, molding the fabric without any expectations or, or bigger goals than that. So do you realize what you do for yourself lays a pattern for what your children will do for themselves? Oh, interesting. That gives much more clarity and motivation to mm. love ourselves as we wish our children would love themselves and live their lives. Mm. I love that. Ooh, okay. I definitely have some things to think about. I guess I'll be playing with some fabric in the next couple of days. Oh, good. <laughs> So no, this was great. Thank you. So we are getting close to the end of the show. I have one more question to ask. So I'm going to take the mic back. Okay. And this is again, just a fun question from our listeners. Okay, Suna, you already have a unique name, but if you could rename yourself, what name would you choose and why? Oh my goodness. I would rename myself and reincarnate myself as a loving dog because I think dogs have the purest the purest heart purest expression of unconditional love so I'd have to find some sort of dog name maybe maybe <laughs> <Fiji. laughs> Now that is the most unique answer I think I would ever have expected from that question. <laughs> What's going to be? No, this was awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today, Suna. I, I love the insight you shared. And for our listeners, if you want more insight from Suna, please check out her Patreon. Um, her name, you can search Suna Senman on Patreon. Her website, sunasalmon.com. Is there another way that you would want our listeners to reach out to you, Suna? I think those two are the the best way at this time. Yeah, it is patreon.com slash sunasalmon. And you come into my Being Peaceful community. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much. And thank you to our listeners. And if you have not yet gotten the Unleash Your Supernova book, what are you waiting for? Go and get it. Amazon. Books a Million, Barnes and Nobles, all your favorite bookstores. And then if you really love what you see and read, please share with a friend, gift to a friend, Unleash Your Supernova. It's your guide in how to increase creativity, beat burnout, and happily, joyfully survive the journey of creative entrepreneurship. I'm Nova Lorraine, and this is another episode of Unleash Your Supernova brought to you by the Pink Kangaroo Podcast Network and Evergreen Podcast Network. And until next time, keep unleashing your superpowers. Bye.